kick it. So you think the seating, the seating in the East is like the most worrisome thing right now? I don't think it's the most worrisome, but I think it is in a sense because the Cavs are looming, you know? You get the second round of the Cavs and it's just like, uh-oh, here we go again. I know, meeting them in the second round is going to be pretty pretty difficult. I mean, well, what, the Wizards are in second place now, and then you got the Celtics, and then it's the Raptors, and we're still going to have to play Atlanta in the first round. Who we should be. On paper, they should smoke them. That's but, gonna, oh, yeah, it's going to be but, so brutal to watch, first of all. Well, the pace of play. Between the pace of play and Schroeder's turnovers, whew, that mm. could get ugly. <laughs> Yeah, well, JV will at least get to play because he's playing against what he'll be playing against Dwight Howard. You know, Paul Mills. Like, does a motivated Dwight Howard change the way JV's used? You know, because a motivated Dwight Howard could shut down JV. Right, right. And expose him on the offensive end because he should clean up around the rim. But, you know, Dwight Howard, they could get down by 10, maybe double digits, a little higher. He starts sulking. Then he just takes himself out of the game. Yeah, you started to. I remember when Nene was on the Wizards, and like if a big man was like kind of outplaying him, you would start to like sulk, and then like get into a shell and then not like rarely do anything. I feel like JV is kind of turning into that type of player. I mean, he's a uh, like some sort of confidence, you know, <laughs> before before he actually starts really doing stuff on the floor. I mean, you can't fault JV's effort because he's always giving one hundred ten percent. All those cliches you want to throw out there, you can throw out there. He's just like an energy motor guy, but his defensive deficiencies have been there forever, and they don't get fixed. Ever since Gortat exposed him in that playoff series three three years ago, mm-hmm. it's been they haven't changed. I don't know why. That's going to be interesting because that screen and roll, man, that one five, they're going to probably do one fives and one four screen and rolls, but that one five screen and roll is going to be difficult to guard because the shorter is a speed. Well, the only good thing about it is, like, you know Dwight Howard's diving to the rim. He's not shooting that 18-footer. That's true. That's true. But he's still, he's still going to have to guard the pass, man. He hasn't really shown any ability to disrupt that pass, even though the Raptors are fourth in the league <laughs> in, in deflections. That's the Dwayne Casey impact right there. <laughs> <Hustle> stats. <laughs> the Everybody loves those hustle stats. We could, like, frame so many different little... I don't want to call them, like... BS bogus stats, but they're just like little stats that, you know, they help you win games, yes, but they're not the be all end all. Like, there's more glaring issues with the Raptors that are more important to talk about. But these hustle stats are fun. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, man. Hustle state, you know, great at screening too. Top four in screen assists. Top five, top five. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to go back to the East seating, though, you know, obviously, like I just alluded to earlier, was the Cavs in the second round. Given everything that's happened with the Raptors in terms of Lowry's injury, their decline since the new year, have your expectations of this team changed at all? Like, do you still expect them to finish two or three, or are you just kind of content with them finishing fourth or fifth now? I remember when I wrote that piece saying that the second seed was like wasn't out of reach, and ever since they've uh, ever since I've produced that piece, I think they lost a couple games, even though they're still like a positive team. Like, so it's your more. fault. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they won, they won more games than they lost without Kyle Lowry, but um, you know the Celtics are the Celtics and the Wizards specifically. The Wizards are like streaking right now, so they have a tough schedule coming up. The Wizards, the Celtics, and the Raptors have the two easiest schedules left. Right, but the Wizards is pretty difficult. So I mean, the third seed is still obtainable. I don't know about the second, but yeah, the second seed is going to be a little bit difficult. They're what 
three I think three and yeah three and a half games behind on the on the second seed again also the third seed but the Celtics have a more difficult uh, the Wizards have a difficult schedule so it's it's doable but I don't really see them getting to the second seed man our dreams of that fifty win season that I think we both took the un- over on oh yeah we did yeah, yeah well there's so. a silver lining too with the second seed they don't need to pass the Celtics I know I can't believe I'm saying this. Because it's a technicality, mm-hmm. but they can just tie the Celtics, and because they own the tiebreaker, they would have the second seed. Right. So they don't so. need to necessarily surpass them. All right. So yeah, you can catch up. They're only three games back the, behind them in the loss column. It's doable, but there's only a few more games. I mean, there's still like 20 games left in the season, but it's uh, it's getting to a sm- you know some small margins now. He's running. Yeah, out I of- mean, you have certain games circling the schedule too, like that that Warriors game, Celtics Warriors. I think that was a game that Raptors fans anticipated oh, the Celtics would God, lose, and they won. Especially coming off that Phoenix Suns loss, where it was pretty much March Madness came early. Yeah, I don't know what Isaiah Thomas was doing. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge that was a huge back backbreaker, man. Because that's the one time where we we're, you know, for some reason it feels like Toronto fans don't really like Golden State, right? So this is like the one of the one, one times that they would be cheering for the Warriors to win, you know, just so they can, like, get a, a little boost in the standings, but say la vie, man. It's not, not everything's going to swing your way. So what are your expectations of this team, then? Realistically, the four seed. Optimistically, right? The third, hopefully. <laughs> you know, if they can muster, um, if they can muster some strength off of the bench, the rest of the roster... Serge Ibaka is um, coming into his own on the team. Yeah, I feel like all those expectations are fair. So it's just like what about in you? the past, you don't optimistic be, would be okay, two seed, two seed, you know, maybe no. a one. Oh, yeah. Now it's like holy crow, yeah, we'll be lucky to get a four at this point. You know, the, the way they've been free falling, some of the fan base has just been going crazy. And I know life without Kyle Lowry has obviously been abysmal. That's probably putting it because it's, it's the same stuff on a night in, night out basis, man. Abysmal. Like, I feel like it's under- let's, let's say he can. Let's say he comes back and he's not the same Kyle Lowry. Then this is difficult because then that uh, that Hawks the Hawks series is going to be they'll still beat the Hawks if it's four or five because the Hawks are a defensive team anyways. But that's when they play if they play the Cavs in the second round, it's going to be like a four or five game series. It might just end it in three. <laughs> yeah, uh, a forfeit after the third game when they lose by 30. <laughs> well, you look at the Hawks. I mean, their plus minus tells you all you need to know about their story. Their point differential, it's – this is a team that – I don't want to say they've overachieved. They always overachieve. They, they are what they are. You know, they're not that good. I think they've been over. I think they've been overachieving their point differential by like two two or three years. Yeah, that's Coach Bud, man. Yeah, he's so, a coach. Yeah, he's a great coach, man. And for him to get a team that used to be just primarily offense to play serious defense, it's um you know a testament to his flexibility as a coach for for the for the Hawks. The Spurs philosophy, right there. Yeah, you know, Coach um, Pop. Yeah, Coach Pop used to have the twin towers, and then they were like an all defensive team with just Tim Duncan, and they were playing that free flowing style. Now they're like, uh, I wouldn't say isolation, but it's definitely the offense is definitely centered around Kawhi. So, yeah, if yours. If you're a if you're a good coach, if you get coached by Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr as well, um, it looks like you're gonna you're just like a great offspring. It's like having parents with good genetics. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I find it so fascinating how they're able to evolve to so many different situations. Like 
all the different offenses you just described that the Spurs have gone through. People don't really realize it because they're just like, oh, it's the Spurs or the Spurs. But the Spurs have changed a lot from what you're first accustomed to seeing. So I wish the Raptors would do that, to be honest. But, you know, we should, we're stuck in <laughs> one gross stage. You know, you know with the Spurs. Like, one people, five. Yeah, well, the Spurs, you know, they lose they lose people. They have, like, a same core group of people, which is, like, Park, with Tony Parker, Ginobili, Kawhi, Tim Duncan, etc. But uh, there's always, like, a rotating cast, right? And that rotating cast always has different skills and they're able to maximize those skills. And when I have Dwayne Casey on the Raptors, and like the the cast is like shifted a little, mostly this year more than any other year, except for when they traded Rudy Gay, um, he hasn't been able. We're starting to realize he hasn't really been able to maximize players' strengths. Like when Terrence Ross and <clears throat> Terrence Ross and James Johnson both left this year. Uh, James Johnson left in the summer, obviously. They're showing like this amazing. I wouldn't say amazing, but this secret passing uh, repertoire that we didn't know that they had. Um, what is Dwayne Casey doing? How is he not noticing this in, like, practices or whatever? Like, I feel like it's an indictment. It's got to be, right? Like, you're really opening Pandora's box right now. I know that. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of different routes we could go with this now. <laughs> it's a systemic issue with the Raptors. 100% systemic. They live and die off Kyle Lowry ISO sets. We've we finally seen them start to incorporate some motion offense, you know, the problem with it is it takes JV like 10 seconds, 8 to 10 seconds to set up in the post. And then you got guys trying to cut off like Carroll and Powell. And you just get dead sets and late, late, late in the shot clock threes. And you get bad offense. Yeah, and those threes is something new. I don't get it because in if you're watching the offense, they get, they're getting those Golden State type of open threes where it's not like super open. I'm talking about like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson where it's, they're not super open, but they're open just enough to get the shot up they're getting that type of space but they, it feels like they don't have a uh, shooter that's confident enough in sh- actually shooting the ball in those situations so you're getting a lot of driving kicks into crowds and then people well, getting the, sorry one of the issues on top of that too is um obviously driving kicks into crowds is the issue but it's the guys that are shooting these shots as well like you see Demari carroll taking a lot of them now he's got his ankle injury so i don't know about that where that's going to lead Obviously, if it's a high ankle sprain, that could take anywhere from three to five weeks to heal. Mm-hmm. Not what Raptors fans want to hear. But look at a guy like Patrick Patterson playing 20 minutes a night, attempting, man, one to two threes a game. DeRozan's yeah. taking more threes than him now. Yeah. That's a huge issue. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a huge problem. DeMar DeRozan's taking more threes than your uh, designated three-point shooters. That's a huge issue. And yeah, uh, I know we both want to see DeMar shoot the three more, but, dude, not like that. Yeah, right now it's desperation type threes. I mean, some of them are from the corner, and he's comfortable comfortable shooting them from the corners. But he's shooting when anytime he shoots a three from above the break, that is not a planned three for the offense, right? So if he's shooter's doing shooters, got to shoot. He is not. I, he is not one of those say, shooters. Shooters got to shoot now. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're Norman Powell or to an extent Kojo, if you're in the corners, but like serge abaca patrick patterson damari carroll like just shoot the ball man if you get it and you're slightly open release well here's the other issue is that what you were kind of alluding to when you said you see guys leave the raptors and they become this new found player that we always thought and hoped and dreamed they could become a la james johnson terrence ross and then they become it when they leave so partial problem for the raptors right now is that guys like kyle lowry and terrence ross obviously aren't here mm-hmm. that's six to nine three attempts a night yeah. Who's taking those threes now? Uh, well, we're seeing DeMar DeRozan attempt more three. <laughs> I mean, that's that's about it. DeMar DeRozan, I guess. 
this is why we've been pre I think every single like during the off season or even before that we were preaching like man if he just learned how to shoot the three it'd help out the offense so much and you know when you lose people you got to rely on certain dudes more frequently it's like yeah if you just shot the three more and we'd we'd have those extra threes to pour in when uh Kyle Lowry is gone but now you know he doesn't shoot the three I guess you know Serge Ibaka shoot it more I don't know and they're already starting to lean on him It's actually frustrating. It's actually frustrating to watch. The problem is, and I hate to go back to this, it's Dwayne Casey's offense. It's dead. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of. They have a lot moving. They have a lot of ball handlers on the team right now. Actually, like Powell, Kojo, Delon Wright, right, and then you also have Demar Derozan. That's four ball handlers, and for the team to be like, I think it's is it last in the league in assists. Yeah, but they've always been like that, though. I mean, they're they're but, no, no, but last yeah, lower in the lineup too. But that's the problem. It's like they're last, but you have so many ball handlers. Like it shouldn't, it just shouldn't be last. You know, it's not well, like here's, here's the thing too. I mean, people will cry for ball movement, but look at their pace as well. They're one of the slowest paced teams in the league. With all these ball handlers, why don't you just up the pace? Yeah, you may not get the ball movement, but you're gonna get some speed. Especially because Norman Powell loves transition. Kojo is good in transition. Demar Derozan loves transition. It just it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Even Serge Ibaka would be good in transition, you know, for like trail threes or whatever. If he gets a rebound, so it just doesn't make any sense at, at the moment. And we keep harping on this, or we've we've stopped harp- harping on it because we were harping on it, but we're back on it again. But like, this is a serious issue with, with the coaching, man. And we well, that's, a, that's another issue with this team too, though. Don't don't you feel like we talk about the same stuff a lot of times? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It gets frustrating because it's like, holy hell, can we get a solution or no? Yeah, man, and, you know, we got the power forward uh, thing sorted out, and then we're, you know, we're just back to coaching now. We're back to coaching, and Kyle Lowry's gone, so we're, you know, there's nothing really to comment on him, so we're down to coaching again, and when your team is injured, like, it's the coach's job, it's like, okay, I gotta fill these gaps, you know, that's what the coach is hired to do, obviously, he's coached to do other things, but, like, when things go wrong, you're like, I need the coach to make the game plan so we can win. Well, okay, here, I, I gotta ask you this then. Is this a byproduct of Kyle Lowry not being in the lineup, or is this just Dwayne Casey maybe not being the right coach for this lineup or for this roster? I hate to bang that drum, but it's kind of what we've both been hinting at here. So is it more Lowry being out or Casey style? What's the bigger issue? When Lowry comes or when Lowry comes back, they're probably gonna start winning again. And that's you know, you need good good players to win, but when you have bad, and it's not even like they have bad players, but if you just have like sub uh, optimal players, there's still ways to win, man. The Miami Heat are are almost in the eighth spot, and their their best player is Dion Waiters and like Whiteside and Goran Goran Dragic, man. So you can definitely do it if you have subpar pieces. That's a coaching. This is a coaching thing. This is a coaching issue. One hundred percent coaching, man. <laughs> like, That's bold. <laughs> I, I do think Kyle Lowry obviously be one of the fifteen best players in the league. It makes a big difference. But, oh, by the way, Goran Dragic, very nice black eye, my friend. Very nice. Wow, dude. <laughs> Just <laughs> wow. He couldn't, he, he couldn't play because it was swollen shut. It's grotesque. Right, it's actually repulsing to look at. You look at it, you're like, whoa. It reminded me of uh, a Rocky. Yes. It yes. <laughs> looked a lot like that. It right, like so. it's photoshopped, to be honest. Yeah. I thought it, when I first saw it, it, I thought it was photoshopped as well. And then I had to like go to like the person's Twitter page. 
right? And it was like, no, this is actually what his eye looks like. And it was like, I think there was like a second picture of it too. So, yeah, there is. There's a side, a side, uh, side portrait shot. Back to the Casey issue. Let's mm-hmm. just say doomsday scenario here. Raptors losing the first round. You know, a lot of blame will go on Dwayne Casey for sure. Kyle Lowry's impending free agent. Patterson, Tucker, Abaka, you name it. All those guys. It's it's a big summer for the Raptors. Right. How would all of this impact Kyle Lowry's future with the team, or would it? Because I think he's had his he's come to gripes a few times with Dwayne Casey. I that's what I was about to mention that because I remember earlier in the season, like the mid season mark, where Kyle Lowry was like, "We keep losing. Nothing's changing. Things needs to change." Right, and I guess obviously there was a trade that happened, but you know, coaching was also an issue at that point. Coaching will continue continues to be an issue right now, and when he's a free agent, if I'm Kyle Lowry, I'd be like, "Yo, can we get some like actual coaching solutions on this squad?" You see what I'm getting at here, and especially if they lose in the first round, then Kyle Lowry is like, "Well, it's not." being the star player or just being a regular human being it's like I'm doing everything I can DeMar is doing everything he can because he's my best friend so I support him doing pretty much everything we got all the pieces that I think would be an Eastern Conference type deal our GM is doing great he got the the squad together so what's the problem here (laughs) right so like the eye of Sauron is just like Dwayne Casey everybody else is doing well right now right Serge Ibaka is flourishing Jonas Valanciunas is another story, but it's worth. <laughs> but the team has been working. We're not going down that road. Today. <laughs> the team has been working up until this point, and then you, you know, if they get bounced in the first round, be like, dude, I need somebody to draw a place for us, so we can do play things and like our people that so people that are supposed to people that are able to pass can get to pass. I don't have to pass everybody all the time. There can be times where I get spot up threes. You know what I mean? It's an issue. I do. No, it's a huge issue. I mean, I'm looking at the coaching tree that of who would be available. You know, you go through the usual names, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, the TV guys, obviously. Um, you can scratch around elsewhere, but I think it's like Nate McMillan, Monty Williams, who's became a very hot name now. And you got, like, young guys. That's it. So is the grass really greener? It, yeah, that's, that's a good question. There isn't really... The thing about if you're going to get a new coach, especially like right now, it would, you would want to get a young coach because the old heads are like, they're old dudes right now. And they're all doing like TV and stuff. But it's hard to get a young coach and be like, okay, man, like the basically is like getting Fred Hoiberg to coach the Bulls and be like, all right, this is my first time ever coaching. I mean, it works for Billy. I guess it worked for Billy Donovan, but it's like my first time head coaching a professional basketball team. Uh, this team is supposed to win. It's supposed to go to Eastern Conference Finals. Let's do this. And it's kind of Billy hard. Donovan was a bit different, man. I mean, hey, here's KD, here's Russell Westbrook. Okay, thanks, no problem. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> going to be the same thing in Toronto. They're not the same caliber of players, but the team is definitely good, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's definitely better than first round uh, loss, right? So the probably like maybe I would see them as like a, a second. Like at the beginning of the season, I thought this was a conference finals team, right? And you know, through some turbulence, they're like a second round team, maybe. Well, even at the trade deadline, we were both talking to each other off the air about how, you know, Abaka, Tucker, okay, this is, we're back to being the bonafide number two team in the East. And right. now we're right back where we started. Yeah, exactly. So, it's hard. I don't know. They need to start taking some looks at the coaching in uh, in college, which I never thought I would be saying <laughs> right now. But, uh, yeah, 
it's 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 kind of difficult to find a coach from college because usually coaches don't want to leave their teams. Yeah, like a affiliation. You probably even get some coaches get paid more as a college coach than as an NBA coach. So, oh yeah, Coach Cal makes double figures, double digits. Yeah, dude, he's just he, he prints money, man. Do you think he screws yeah. McDucks in like a in a in like a pool or something? <laughs> <laughs> At Kentucky, if he yeah. wanted that in Lexington, they would get it for him. They, they'll do whatever he wants. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, they need to start looking into this coaching matter because now it's starting to like <clears throat> starting to become apparent. I hate to jump on that train like we've been recently, but it's just everything's lining up in that direction. However, obviously the counter argument here is no Lowry, like we said earlier. But, you know, him and Lowry don't get along, so I can see how we're getting down this road. The other issue here, DeMar DeRozan's usage. It's, it's been crazy, and right now they kind of need him to play hero ball with Lowry at the lineup to try and win games. Are you worried that come playoff time he might burn out? I'm actually super worried about that because that happens, it feels like, every year with the Raptors. Either Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan gets uh, burnt. And it's usually been Kyle Lowry, but since Kyle Lowry's out, it's going to be DeMar DeRozan. Um, yeah, because last year when he wasn't burnt out and he was getting locked up by Paul George, we're like, what's going on with DeMar DeRozan? So now well, think this- about this, dude. <laughs> like, second round, no matter what, he's playing one of this combination of defenders, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Otto Porter, who, mm-hmm. for those that, you know, be like, Otto Porter, scoffing at that right now. Go watch him play. And he's given DeRozan trouble in the past. And then a combination of Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley. I know DeRozan is the, rap, the Celtics killer, but now that Avery Bradley's back, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, they can switch on him and they can do some different things. So no matter what, he's getting a tough matchup. Yeah, he's getting too. a super, super tough matchup. And his uh, pump fakes don't really work in the playoffs, man. Like the coach. Like Lou Williams, you know, the flop shit that he does that doesn't work in the playoffs. Yeah, it's Guys like this way tighter. Yeah, the scouting's out and the refs are kind of they're tighter with or they're looser with the whistle or tighter. I don't know how which which way it goes to mean that they I think they're call, looser. Yeah, they don't call as many uh BS fouls, you know, like the pump the pump fake uh free throw type deal doesn't get called as much, so when that's ha- when that's happening, that's just a natural change for the playoffs, and then you're getting you know swarmed or like locked down by somebody that's six foot nine to your six seven, and your play revolves around mid range contested twos and uh, floaters in the lane and like fadeaways. It's gonna be hard, man, and I think it's gonna be a big. And now that we're talking it out, I think it's gonna be a huge issue going forward into the playoffs if they don't get him some like some rest, which can be done. Yeah, I mean, he, what is he playing, like, 40? He's probably, like, you know, usually at, like, 30, in the 30s. DeRozan? Yeah. It, it, oh, his usage without Lowry right now is in the 30s, yeah. Right. It's one of the five highest in the league. Right, and he's playing, like, uh, what, 35, 36 minutes a game, and he's probably even spiked in the, in, the, in the time that he's been out. So, you know, Russell Westbrook has been... Russell Westbrook has uh, been his own one-man show, but he only plays like 35 minutes a game, and he has a super high usage rate, rating, usage percentage, but you know he only plays 35 or even 34 minutes. Like he's not playing a full 36. So you could still be war- You still could still be good for the playoffs, but you got to scale back on the minutes. Well, the other issue too with the Raptors is that nobody else can really create their own shot, aside from Lowry and DeRozan. I mean, yeah, you do, man. Like. Sort of with Kojo and Powell, they can. It's not like super um, 
reliable, but it can be done. Nah. <laughs> you know, you don't believe him? I'm not sold, man. No, I'm thinking playoff ball as opposed to regular season ball. Okay. So playoff ball, I, I'm not, I'm not taking Corey Joseph to create his own shot. Love him, but mm-hmm. he's a facilitator. Come playoff time. Okay. That's when the the best players shine. Come playoffs. I know this is not groundbreaking analysis, <laughs> here, but you know, like the these are- guys ran to level up a bit. And I, I don't see him just creating his own shot. I think the Raptors are gonna have to do it all by team all those garbage stats we were joking around about hustle stats earlier they're really gonna have to bite and claw their way to those, w's yeah. unless DeRozan or lowry goes off sounds like a grit and grind to me yeah grit and grind yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i don't know this man I, I i like kojo's you know he has the mid-range jumper and that's it Right, but if he know. doesn't shoot threes, I'm just gonna get the <laughs> elephant out of the way here. If they don't shoot threes, man, they're done. The NBA is changing with the way the game is being played now. Threes, 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 more threes. The Raptors don't shoot threes, and when they miss these little mid range and they get this lull of an offense where it's dead set after dead set, and the team goes down three, three. They just gotta shoot threes. And I'm gonna keep saying that until the end of the season because look at the Wizards, look at the Cavs, mm-hmm. even the Celtics at times. You can oh, yeah, change the, the games are by winning. avalanching somebody with threes. Yeah, exactly. Well, then, do you want to make a, a change in the starting lineup when the playoffs start? To what? You know, some Serge, some Serge Ibaka at the five? Patterson oh, at the dude, four? Yeah, well, I, okay, I'm all for that. Patterson at the four, Ibaka at the five. Pick yeah. your poison between Tucker and Carroll at three. DeRozan Lowry. Let's go. <laughs> Short of the rotation, so many, many, Jack City. So how many? I'm like, not saying every three, fifty three is a game. I'm not saying that. You know, we're not the Houston Rockets here. <laughs> they got to get close to thirty. Okay, the thirties thirties a lot for this team. This team especially, it's a, that's a lot of threes. Um, I think they're one of the worst. Yeah, they're they're no, they're one of they get up the least, but they're like one of the better three point shooting teams. So. Not every three is going to be open, man. Yeah, they're that's true, and especially in the playoffs, too, like, man. Got to take advantage of what they have now. In the playoffs, they're gonna those Demar Derozan drives are gonna get double teamed, and you just gotta let it. You just gotta let it fly at this point. There's just no. There's no way around it. I know, like uh, that uh, that JV mid mid range or post up. It looks attractive from the outside, but you gotta hoist the threes, man, because the teams are. If the teams do what they did last year, where it's like they don't respect anybody else on the squad, and it's like I'm going to triple team, double team Lowry every time they touch the ball, they're going to lose. Yeah, and they're going to well, lose, gonna lose in the first round next. Because I was going to say, if anybody thinks I'm crazy right now, flip on that Cavs series last year and look at the way they disrespected the rest of this roster outside of Lowry and DeRozan. Yeah, they shot a lot of threes, they missed, but you got to keep shooting. You got to keep shooting. Them. Those yeah, threes gotta, fall. Yeah, if those threes fall. This is that's having game series. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I know it's the, you know, coulda, shoulda, what if bullshit game, but dude, that's the way it's going to work with the basketball right now. And in the NBA where threes are literally changing the game, the Raptors got to shoot them. They have to. Uh, Patrick Patterson, man. That's another person that we're looking at, especially in the offseason. That I have Sauron, man. It's on Dwayne Casey and Patrick Patterson because Patrick Patterson, he's had ample time to like uh, to show that he's, he could be a productive even though he could have, he could have shown to be a productive starter, and he's just shirked from yeah. uh, from the possibility of that entirely. Well, his usage as a whole is what now? Like, what do you make of him? I I don't even know anymore. I'm watching. I'm like, okay, what, where's the real Patrick Patterson? Where'd he go? I used to love Patrick Patterson. Okay, I used to love him. I still love him. One of my favorite players. 
And uh, I just, I don't know, man. Like, he's getting paid $6 million and then, you know, at the end of the season, he's a free agent. So I feel like it's it's hurting his contract negotiation, how, like, poorly? I mean, it's not even, like, poorly. It's just, like, meh. He's meh right now. Well, I feel like he has a hard time fitting in with this new lineup. Which is weird to say. Which is because weird not much because has changed. It, yeah, and you would think that it would just be like, yeah, man, I'm just gonna have more space to shoot my threes now, right? But, uh, In theory, when you had Tucker and Ibaka, this is just better spacing, more threes, more open looks, and it's been the opposite. Yeah, it's just been the opposite. It's just he takes. First of all, it takes a lot, of, like a, a little bit of time for him to load up his three point shot, but he's just not. I feel like at heart. He's just not that type of dude who's just like, I'm going to shoot shoot the ball every time it comes into my hands. You know how Clay Thompson or, like, Lou Williams or, like... Yeah, that gunner aspect. Right, or, like, know, Bobby I don't Portis. Who you are in front of me or where, I'm shooting it. Yeah, like, so even, like, Bobby... I know Bobby Portis. I don't know if you watched that Bulls-Celtics uh, Celtics, <laughs> Bulls Celtics game. Oh, I watched it. <laughs> right, and, like, anytime Bobby Portis touches the ball, he's like, you know what, I'm going to shoot it. You know, it's like, is the ball in my hands? Yes, shoot it. And I feel like Patrick Patterson needs to adopt that. And he likes to do that pump pick, you know, dribble drive, floater in the lane, because he has it. He, he has it. That's a real move for him. But you got to just hoist him, man. Just let it fly, dude. Just, just shoot the ball. And uh, The Raptors as a whole need to do. Yeah, just, everybody just needs to shoot the ball. It's, it's uh, If you're playing 2K, you put the sliders on shoot at will, okay? Anytime you get the ball and you're slightly <laughs> open, shoot the ball. And that's, you know, Dwayne Casey has to convince people to do that. I don't know if he's really down for that. You know, he hasn't really shown that he's been down for, you know, just people letting it fly. That's more of a uh, MDA type of a game plan, so. Well, I would say based on the pace, the length of their sets, which generally runs anywhere from 16 to, to like 20 all the seconds, way down 24 yeah. seconds, it's, they're not inclined to shoot threes. I don't know what they're inclined to do. They're trying to, like, establish some 1980s post-presence, you know, work an inside-out game, little throwback, yeah. but um, makes no sense to me. Shooting a lot of mid-rangers. And with Serge Ibaka, he's a good mid-range shooter. But he's just adding to the mid-range factor, like a lot of mid-rangers. Kojo's shooting tons of mid-rangers, too. Norman Powell, that left-to-right crossover, brings him into the brings him inside the arc. So it's a mid-range shot. A lot of mid-range Come shots. Come season, you're easier to defend like that, man. Defenses can easily collapse in the paint. It's a lot easier. You don't need big men to do that, either. Yeah, that's true. People are just long. They're just longer. When you're a playoff team, you're typically just a long team. You know, yeah, and they're gonna gang rebound you. So if you think you're gonna clean up the glass of one big man, you know, just put JV out there in a small lineup and abuse them. It's not gonna work. Uh, like it's that. not gonna work like that. Yeah, like if that was the case, the Warriors would get waxed. Hey, last year, <laughs> last year, I, I don't think they got waxed. I don't think they got waxed at all. It was just, you know, I don't know if you you may not have been on Twitter, but they they did blow a three one lead. <laughs> so they, they were doing something right. <laughs> But actually, the Thunder, the Thunder, when the Thunder were up 3-1 on the Warriors, that's how they were actually waxing them, when they played that dual yep. center lineup. So it yeah, can be done. Awesome. It can be done. The Raptors do not have the personnel to do that at the moment. No. So. I'll take Steve Adams over JV. Me too. Actually. I just feel like he's more athletic. Yeah, and he's a better rebounder. He's a better defender. The game's changing, man. Yeah. Like, the game is changing. And I, I know it's going to go back to the whole shoot threes, play faster, but that's the new NBA. You know, JV might, might, be, uh, might be on a different squad next year. Yeah, him and a lot of other players, though. I think a lot of teams in the offseason are going to want to shuffle big men. So good luck to them. Before we go, mm-hmm. where's Drake? 
I love it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, you know, people who listen the contract to contract year. So people who listen to this don't know. It's like you know, Chris and I, we 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 jot down some like topic notes right before the podcast, and you know, we have our research behind it, of course. But uh, that's when I just threw in as like kind of like a joke to get Chris to laugh. And oh, uh, it's worth it. Man. I gotta bring it up every time. <laughs> it's a contract year, man. We we bet that he will show up to X amount of games. We're both gonna <sighs> fail miserably. Woo! He's gonna show up in the playoffs, man. He'll be there. the the album just dropped or is about to drop. He was, was he said March eighteenth. Yep. Right. So it's about to drop. Promotion, shameless self promotion coming from Drake. Right. Raptors are about to be in the in the playoffs. He's just gonna show up to every game. They're gonna be playing the songs off the track at the at the stadium. He's gonna show up with Nikki. Oh my goodness! Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> Every six man is gonna go off. Of you course, that dog. You can just hear all these guys. Oh my goodness! It'll be all the six and six stuff, and I'm just gonna cry. I mean, the her her disc record just uh just popped off, so it's a possibility, man. I wouldn't be surprised if she was there, to be honest. It makes sense in the pop culture lexicon. You know, it makes sense for both of them to show up. Yeah, but Drake, like, where is he? We had what was the over under on? What was over under five? I think it's, it's more than we higher than we'd like to admit. No, our over under was really. It was more than five. Well, I, think it was, well, I think it was like four and a half, five. I'd have to go back and look, but okay. I'm pretty sure it was four and a half, five. Because we yeah. thought Drake Knights, you know. Yeah, Drake Knights. You know, maybe if they played that- Philadelphia or something. Just no, just none, none at all. So, what we're really saying is Drake is not getting resigned next year. No, I don't think so. I mean, hey, when- the Leafs are hot. The Leafs could sign him, you know. Are Toronto Maple Leafs fans into Drake? Is that the type of music they listen to? That's an honest question. We're trying to diversify as a Leafs fan. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see MLSC sign Drake. That'd be a, that's a trip. That'd be a trip. Yeah. So I guess Drake is Buenos Noches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he served his purpose. You know, just go, just like to peel back the the layers a little bit. It's like he served his purpose. Like when they were. When they did sign him, they were, like, a struggling team, you know, and they needed him to, like, just to up the profile of the team, which did happen, you know, the, the Raptors are, like, definitely a thing, and it's a good team, has an identity, you know, they have, like, specific uniforms for Drake Knight and stuff, so it did help the the, the identity of the team, man. He was... He, he just gave me he gave me an idea for the offseason. <laughs> if Drake doesn't get re-signed, we could do an episode chronicling. Drake's legacy with the oh Raptors. his legacy with the Raptors. <laughs> we go back to when he's a kid when he became a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Make sure you keep that written down. <laughs> Can look forward to that in the summer. Yeah, Chronicles of Drake. <laughs> oh, On man. that note, guys, I think we're done. Yeah. Anything else you want to add tomorrow? Go Knicks. Whoa! <laughs> oh, Two more threes. Shoot more threes. Uh, oh, you got to make sure you pay. Yo, okay, just just briefly. Chris Asperzingis is like this. You know this confusion from top to bottom. Nobody knows how to run the triangle well. Oh my God, we're still in the triangle. <laughs> Don't forget, you're getting evaluated on the triangle at the end of the season. <laughs> Uncle Phil will not forget. Oh man, see you, you you hooked me, man. You were on this Knicks hate train, and then I was like, why does this guy hate the Knicks so bad? And then I'm just I don't like, hate the Knicks, and I'm just reading the stories about the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> now you're hooked too I know you're on their subreddit all the time Just reading it, just scanning it Like oh my god, another thing The Knicks They're and the Bulls The Knicks and the Bulls, man They're planning on protesting Garbacks, dude 
that is like a, a, a movement right now. It's like a, a slow undercurring movement, but it is like a movement. That would be huge. Yeah. As always, guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can find me on Twitter at Crystal Cranus. You can follow Damar on Twitter at Damar J. Grant. Enjoy the Raptors games, guys. Kyle Lowry will hopefully be back soon, and there will be better days ahead. But until then, I don't know what to tell you. They're going to crush Good Dallas luck. today. If they play Dallas, they're going to crush Dallas. This is probably not going to be a contest, I don't think. They don't crush Dallas. We might have an emergency box. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> there might be. Why? <laughs> Yogi Ferrell is the next Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Uh, later. <laughs>